Hello all, it is your intrepid host, Alex, from Internet's Entertain This, and in the month of October, we have been granted, gifted even, with a fifth week, a fifth Friday, meaning five shows. Now, at the beginning of making our podcast, we decided that any month that gave us an extra week in it, we would take advantage of that extra week to either try something new, promote another podcast that we like, do something interesting, and in this case, we've decided to pick up what we believe is a really great fit for you guys, something that uh, you guys who are fans of our podcast will really enjoy to us to play for you guys. And here's a statement from them. Opera Queers is a podcast about the intersection between queer culture and opera. It highlights the queer performers and allies that make up the opera community. Nick and Logan are joined by new guests every episode, and they dive deep into the guest's history as queer performers. So without further ado, I'd like to present to you a very special episode of Opera Queers. Enjoy! Opera Queers aims to uplift the candid viewpoint of performing artists, their narratives, their perspectives, and their hope for the future of the opera industry. We do our very best before every episode to make sure we use the most inclusive nomenclature as possible. We are open to any feedback about any aspect of this podcast. Our goal is to inform and respect. Now, sit back, grab a glass, and buckle in because we are about to pop off. This is Opera Queers, a podcast about queer stories. Wait, Nick, we didn't introduce ourselves. I'm going to introduce myself. Could you, I'll, I'll take care of it. I'll get to that. This is Opera Queers, a podcast about queer stories, maybe some queer opera history, and the future of queer opera. My, oh. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know. Sorry. It was going to happen. Let me bring the plane on the runway, girl. My name is Nick, as always. My name is Logan, as sometimes. <laughs> um, Nicholas, how the hell are you? I feel like... I mean, I see you every day, but also we haven't recorded in a long time, so I don't Yeah, I feel know. like I see you every day, but I also, but I don't, also don't see you, because it's like a new version of you every day. You right. know, like, every day is a new life, so it's like exactly. a new person I'm meeting every time. Exactly, exactly. Um, and, I mean, today specifically, I feel very hot. Like, I just... Not, like heat hot like I just feel I look good so I just like and no one's acknowledged it yet in the room which is quite shocking yeah frankly right um, now just to give the audience a visual yeah go ahead your top button is buttoned so mm-hmm. it looks like that if you unbuttoned it your head would fall off exactly so well that is you look amazing thank you so much it that it, it is holding my head afloat <laughs> PK um, PK so and Nick, how are you? How has your week been? Tell me everything. I know I'm like picking my nails in front of you right now, but no, I am interested. I promise. You know, it's I'm picking my nose. It's been good. Um, I just started my first <gasps> mm-hmm. week as a doctoral student. Yes, you did at CCM, um, and it's been going pretty well. Um, I'm a little overwhelmed. There's a lot that's going on, mm-hmm. but I feel good. I had my first 
voice lesson today for the first time in a really long time oh and it goodness. was amazing shout out sure. to Gwen um and so yeah it's it's been pretty good how are you Mr. first time not being back in school in like 22 in 22 years 22 years cuz you do go to school from age 0 <laughs> <laughs> And I'm famously Wait, 22 years old. Oh my god! <laughs> ah, in 17 oh my gosh, years. In however many. No, you no, stupid I, shit! You <laughs> let me fall into that. I knew you would do it too. Um, yeah, I'm finding it hard, like trying to fill my days, but it's also only been two days, and also we've been like in quarantine for yeah, what feels like 18 years. It feels this point. like all this really feels like is like still quarantine but add some Zoom calls in there as well, and For sure. an occasional lesson in coaching. Totally. So, it's nothing, you know, earth-shattering, but I'm sure you're finding a lot of stuff to do with your time, you know, like basket weaving. Yeah, no, 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 I did, I picked up, uh, I picked up uh, embroidery and also um, finger painting. Oh, for sure. Yeah, so I made a really beautiful parakeet earlier today, uh, <laughs> and embroidered and finger painted. I think I want to stop talking about this as much as people want to stop hearing about it. So I'm going to go ahead and talk about our guest today. A very special guest. A very special guest. Our one- first East Coast guest. Our f- Really? Our first guest from the East Coast. We've oh had two God. guests. Let's start. The West Coast. Oh my God, the West Coast. Oh, oh. my God. You are so... <laughs> no. Um, you are incompetent. I need okay. a new co-host. Cool. Because yeah. I, but the thing is, like, I thought I was like East Coast, of course, even though I'm fully from the East mm-hmm. Coast, and mm-hmm. our guest is not our first guest from the West Coast. Awesome. So cool. Uh, our first guest today is none other than beautiful, gorgeous, mm. Brittany, Mother Effin Logan. So she is a soprano, and she's originally from Garden Grove, California, which, if you didn't know, is on the West Coast. (laughs) (laughs) As I famously did not know it's on the West Coast. In 2019, she was a young artist at Cincinnati Opera, where she played the Strawberry Woman in Porgy and Bess and and covered the Countess in the Nosa de Figaro. Um, Small flex. This summer, (laughs) she was a studio artist at Wolf Trap, Mm. And she got to do scenes from La Boheme and also Eugene O'Neagan. I am doing this from memory, okay? You like are, I am beautiful. Th- We're not judging you. You I sound am great. Invested You're in Brittany. A beautiful so I know her life, okay? Um, this past year at CCM, she was the winner of the Siebold Russell Award, um, which means that she got a lot of money. So that's good. Mm. Um, so, yes, please join me. Logan, and welcoming our uh, second guest, Brittany Logan. Welcome to the show, Brittany. Welcome, Brittany. Hi, guys. Thank you guys so much for having me. Thanks for being here. Yeah, of course. I, su- I just want to say, mm-hmm. you look great today, Logan. Thank you so <laughs> this much. This shirt is literally everything. Thank you. Thank I'm you. sorry, Nick, you didn't hype you up as much as he could have, but Honestly, let me tell yeah. you, honey, you are serving it. Thank <laughs> you so much. I see this bitch every day, and I tell him how amazing he looks all the time, and I have never gotten a compliment. It's I wear the same... Two outfits every day. You do not tell me how good I look okay. every day. That's a lie. You wore fantastic pants the other day. Shorts that were really, really cute. And I told you. <laughs> and I'm wearing an outfit that is very cute and very not what I normally wear. So. Green and blue. You know, earth colors. <laughs> we love you. to see it. Thank you very much. Thank you. Brittany, how are you? Oh my gosh, you guys. I'm feeling so good. It was 
we started the first week of school back at CCM, which was mm. so strange to walk through campus today and see it basically empty. Mm. But mm-hmm. um, it's yeah. a little bit of a ghost town. It and really is. Really? Can you tell me about some of like the regulations that they are doing? What, well, is, what exactly are classes looking like? So I've only had I've only been in two classrooms so far, and I'm not sure. Have you you've done stuff in person? Yeah, yeah, so I had my acting class today, and we were all just, like, spread apart across the classroom. But also at CCM, like, if you're not a CCM student, you can't get into the building. So you have to, like, have an ID card to get oh. in. Yeah, yeah, and there are only certain entrances that you could go in at this point. Like, mm-hmm. the main entrance of Mary Emery Hall, mm-hmm. you can't go in. Oh, why? I, 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 I don't know. No. Um, <laughs> I think just for, for flow of traffic, I guess, they only want people going in certain ways. And so I'm not really sure, unless they locked it at a certain point I couldn't get in, uh, and it's unlocked now, but at that point it was locked, so I don't know. But I'm glad that you're at least back, and that we're back, and that we are learning, and I know that as singers, like, we're some of the most careful people, Mm -hmm. I would say. Yes. Because there are people walking up and down Calhoun, like, without masks, (laughs) partying it up, like, shotgunning beers... Looking so stupid. Look. <laughs> I cannot. Put that, that drink. Was me. <laughs> Put that drink down. That was me sipping on the tea that Nick is spilling. Currently. Um, yeah, but you know, it's as gross. everyone has been seeing, they just. It's like how can you go and do that when there is a literal, fucking like human killing virus. Mm. Around and coronavirus. you, <laughs> <laughs> coronavirus. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so it's just been stupid. But I'm just glad that at least at CCM, there's only a small amount of people there. You know, it's not a very concentrated school, right. so at least there's some safety in that. Yeah, and everyone's wearing masks. And like as singers, like we're being super careful because if we get this shit, like mm. who knows what it could do yeah. to our singing. So, yeah. Anyway. It got super, like... Super serious. Super serious. Very, super very quickly. quickly. Very, very quickly. So, let's very let's quickly. redirect this ship, okay? <laughs> Britt, I want you to tell us how you got into opera. What... Li- we we talked... Oh, we called it Lighting Your Spark. Oh, we ask every <laughs> guest this. What lit your spark, Miss Brittany oh, Logan what lit Soprano? spark? Oh, my goodness. Well, I actually ended up taking a voice class in undergrad mm-hmm. before I was even a music major. I was a marine biology major. I knew that. <laughs> I told Logan that you were a marine yeah. biology major. That, it blew my mind, too. What? Yeah. <laughs> and so, like, I was getting kind of bored with all of the math and science that I had to do. So I yeah. just decided I was going to take a voice class. Wow. And the teacher was like, hey... So I know you're like so invested in this and already almost done. In coral reefs. But I think you should really think about switching your major and be becoming a music major. And I mean, it was definitely a hard decision just because my family are the type of people that are like, you need to do something that's going to like get mm. you real money and like mm-hmm. get you um, like stable. And so you don't have to worry about anything, you know. Mm. But it's like sometimes you kind of have to go against what your family says to like feel your own passion and mm-hmm. make sure that you're like feeling so secure in yourself. So I switched yeah. my major to music, but like it wasn't until 
I actually went to go see my first opera that I knew that I wanted to be an opera singer. It was the dress rehearsal of The Magic Flute at LA Opera. Oh, and, um, Yeah, classic. Lawrence Brownlee was Tamino and Janai Brueger was Pamina. Oh, And it was literally the most amazing thing I had ever experienced in my life, especially being someone that like didn't grow up with a musical background Mm -hmm. and like not really growing up in opera. So like being able to see that production and then also being able to experience two amazing African-American singers on the stage for my first opera, like how inspiring that sparked me and was like, this is what I want to do. And especially just like sitting in the audience and seeing all the lights and hearing everyone clap and cheer at the end. I was like, Oh my God. Yes. I live for the applause. I need it. (laughs) (laughs) And you're like, that applause is going to be for me someday. Yes. And it has been. Which production that was, was that, it was the, um, I don't know whose production it was, but it was the one with the projections. Oh, that's very costly. Oh my, it was so, so cool. cool. That's awesome. So cool. Love that. That's amazing. Yeah, so that, oh what God. keeps your spark lit? Uh, yeah, like what bridge between seeing that first opera to where you are now? Mm-hmm. My love for singing, honestly. Like uh-huh. I feel like whenever I get on stage, I'm transported to a completely different universe. Mm-hmm. And I just, the spark within me is like just being able to bear my soul and just to be able to share my gift with other people. Oh, that's beautiful. So when you first started, I want to go back a little bit. Yeah. When that first voice teacher told you, hey, like this is something that you could ideally do. Like, was it because he recognized there's like a big voice in there? Because girl, you have a tank of an instrument. It is amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, did Was that recognized right away? I, well, I remember her telling me just like, I have a, a natural sense of legato. Oh. And being wow, able cool. to pick up the melodies very quickly. Because I'm the type of person that's like, I can hear a song three times and I can sing it back to you just mm. from hearing it by mm-hmm. ear. Mm-hmm. So I think it was also that that made her be like, you should really think about getting into music. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, let me tell you, those 24 Italian art songs were no joke when I first got started. <laughs> they will whip you into shape. They will. will. <laughs> but I also know that you have an extensive choral background too. I do. So when I got into undergrad after I switched my major, um, I was part of the Bob Cole Chamber Choir at Cal State Long Beach, Go Beach. (laughs) Um, That choir literally whipped me into shape, especially like being someone with no sight reading skills in general. To be like placed in a top choir, they're like, okay, we're going to Europe and we're competing and you're singing all of these solos, so I hope that you're ready. So it was like a really cool experience Mm -hmm. to be able to learn music with a group of people rather than just learning music on my yeah. own. Yeah. Sure. And you got good, obviously you got really good voice training there too. Oh, so yes. you were able to handle the choral and the solo stuff. Well, you know, which is like a, it's a hard balance sometimes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Especially because like in choir, I was not a soprano. They, I was either singing alto one or alto two, oh. sometimes singing tenor one just mm. because they needed the warmth down there. So mm, totally. I definitely found it, found it a little bit difficult just from 
juggling my solo repertoire, which is soprano rap, and then going into choir and, like, having to access, like, the lower ranges of my voice. Sure. I mean, a lot of people today are so like, she's a mezzo because of her speaking voice. <laughs> it's just <laughs> naturally dark, y'all. Hello. <laughs> my name is <laughs> Brittany. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. So when you got to CCM, correct me if I'm wrong, it was kind of like you went from, you know, having this amazing choral background and then you got cast, you got um, asked to be a part of the Young Artist Program at Cincinnati Opera. Mm. So it's like you were literally just like thrown into like a baptism by fire. Yeah. (laughs) So how how does one prepare for that? Like how did you get yourself ready to you know, go from school into crazy, um, tumultuous opera world. How'd that happen? Let me tell you, it was a lot of (laughs) going to my teacher and saying, are you sure? Like, should Mm. I say yes to this? Or do you think I'm ready? But also going to Kathy Kelly and being like, okay, girl, I need help, please. Shout out to the queen. Happy birthday. That's right. We're recording this on her birthday. The big three. Oh, that's crazy. 30. Kathy Kelly is famously 30. She's famously 30. I was like, wait. Get a girl. We love you, Kathy. We love you. But yeah, so I like I'm not gonna lie. It was definitely terrifying. Like I felt as if I was thrown off a cruise ship mm. and I was like treading water in the middle <laughs> Spiraling of the ocean. Down. Yeah. <laughs> but it was a big learning experience for me just because not really knowing how to cover and not really knowing what to expect. It really dawned on me that preparation is key and like making sure that you go in there with like knowing everything like the back of your hand because like I didn't know what to expect the first day of rehearsal was like all right full scene through and I was like (laughs) (laughs) that like that is giving me such flashbacks because our first semester at CCM Brittany and I were a part of uh, Matthew O'Coin's Eurydice project. And so, mm-hmm. you know, with like a standard like Mozart, you know, it's really easy to prepare. Yeah. And, you know, but with a new piece, I just remember like at the first rehearsal, everyone was like, I think this is the right note. Yeah. I think this is it. <laughs> that was such, yeah. Yeah. That will always be such a memorable experience for yes. me. Yeah, you were amazing. Oh, well, oh, thank you. Um, <laughs> so I'm just being honest. He's literally over here <laughs> on his hands and knees begging for compliments. <laughs> but I will say, like, that experience alone, the Eurydice, like, my choral training came in, oh, I in handy. I, that, yeah, picking the, out notes. The close harmonies. I will say, anyone that has the honor of getting to sing this, sing that music, you're in for a very wild ride, and I hope that you get excited about it as much as we did workshopping it. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, because we, so we sang it, we, we workshopped, workshopped it, we workshopped it, and then we sang the entire thing mm-hmm. for the people at the Met, because they, they're going to do it at the Met uh, in 20... 21 mm-hmm. yeah That's, like in november mm-hmm. like pretty soon oh my god um, and so That's we insane. yeah i remember like they flew we like flew to new york we got to our hotel and then we sang for the people at it was like a what 7 a.m flight 
Mine, mine was earlier than yours. I had to be at the airport at like four forty-five in the morning. Well, I think that's when oh, I was goodness. there. Too. Oh wait, I can't remember. Because were you, were you in the car in the Uber with us? Oh no, I wasn't. <laughs> okay. I think yeah, we were I think like up so early. I, I think I got driven separately. But, um, <laughs> You're a star. I got no. It was Marie. My roommate drove early me. Morning, early morning my, room, my roommate drove me. No, it's fine. <laughs> um, but I remember we like got to New York and then. I think like three hours later, we were like getting ready and we sang for the entire Met staff. Yeah. And like first year master students, we were like, oh my God. That is like, insane. How intimidating. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. It was actually, but I will say, shout out to Kathy Kelly. <laughs> this woman literally poured her entire heart and soul into that score to oh like, help to prepare us to get us ready to go to the Met. She coached <laughs> us so fervently. It was amazing. Yeah. But I remember we were like waiting. We had like a, a little bit of downtime when we got to the Met. Mm-hmm. And so I remember I was like, I'm just going to like walk around. And so I walked towards the big stage and I opened the door and I think like Deanna Damrell was like rehearsing <gasps> oh my Traviata on stage. And I was like, okay. That's it didn't feel real because we weren't in, we weren't singing on the big stage. We were singing where the, the chorus, yeah. But then I remember I opened the door and I was like, "That is Deanna Damrell, like the famous queen of the night, recorded, yeah, like singing Traviata." It was really, it was like crazy. That's but so and she was wearing cool. like real human clothes, you know. So it was like a rehearsal. It just felt so real. Yeah. Um, but that was like a really cool experience. And then of course, Brittany and I went to a, a, some gay clubs after that. So. Oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> so we brought it back. Oh my god. <laughs> so. Yeah. That's amazing. And now Brittany is in her first year of the artist diploma. Yes. At CCM, so completely devoted. To, to training, just, singing, just yeah. singing, and so how does that feel? Knowing that like these next two years are going to be just about that. Nothing academic, really. I mean, there's academic things mm-hmm. to everything, but yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. Only just because in the master's program, like you're so focused on like getting your academic things finished, mm-hmm. but also trying to juggle your homework and your lessons and your rehearsals mm-hmm. and work. And it's just like you're trying to learn all of this rep in between doing all of these other things so you don't really have the chance to really focus on certain things. And with the AD, I'm really looking forward to actually being able to spend like a couple of months on a couple of arias to really like Mm -hmm. dive in and take my time with it. And just because I love my teacher so much, shout out Gwen. Um, Gwen Coleman. We know you're listening. We, (laughs) I also study with her. (laughs) I love her so much, but I'm really looking forward to the growth that I will make with her. Yeah. And just her guidance alone has definitely. Yeah grown me so far from where I started because when I first started at CCM like I was coming in with like R&B and jazz and musical theater and choral like no real opera technique or experience so just to like and she said (laughs) you're gonna learn today (laughs) so just being able to transform my voice with her in these next two years is gonna be an amazing mm-hmm. wild ride. Yeah, yeah, I feel like with the AD, you get to kind of take everything that you have like 
learned and then actually put it into practice. Yeah, and you, you get know, to sculpt of, without and, the, like, really become the artist yes. that you want. Right, Without exactly. all of the homework and the, mm-hmm. uh, you know, remedial classes or anything like that. Yeah. Right. But, and even though it's remote, it's still, you know, the train, like, with all of the technology, I, like, had a voice lesson today, and besides her being able to, you know, like, put her hands on my abdomen to help mm-hmm. breathing or anything like that, it's, it feels like a real, it feels like she's in the room with me. Yeah. You know? So, shout out to technology. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, seriously. But, like, speaking of, like, virtual stuff, you, let's talk about how you did virtual, also in-person, Wolf Trap this summer. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Yeah. I can tell us what Wolf Trap is first? Yes. Wolf Trap, for the is, <laughs> Wolf Trap is an opera company. It's not an actual trap. <laughs> yeah, no, it's like, it's a bear trap. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a opera company based out in Vienna, Virginia. Mm-hmm. Um, they so graciously, when COVID happened, they so graciously put together a six week a program for us to still be able to come out and uh, get together and make music. That's so awesome. we. Like, before we even went, they, like, sent out this 25-page, like, safety protocol about all the rules that we had to follow. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, we had many Zoom meetings, like, going over these packages just to make sure. And they're like, if, if you don't feel comfortable with coming, that's fine. We can, like, switch around all of the assignments. We'll make it work. Don't worry. But it was, I just felt so brave, just mm. like even going, just because like they were the one of the only companies to make something happen this summer. Yeah. So I felt like I was on the front lines for <laughs> opera. Everyone is like, well, yeah, all eyes <laughs> on you. You guys were kind yeah. of setting uh, a standard. standard for what was to come. Yeah. Which is like this year, basically. So that's yeah. really, really Hopefully, cool. Hopefully. There are not too many summers where that has to be the reality. Yeah. But you never know. Yeah. And so, well, when we first got there, it was a mandatory two-week quarantine. Okay. So, but they put us in really nice hotels, which I was not <laughs> expecting. But I was like, honey, I woke up in this big old bed and I was like, yes, this is some life. But <laughs> oh my God. Did so, your silk robe on? <laughs> yeah, it was nice. I won't be singing today. <laughs> but like every day of the quarantine, we had to um, do like uh, self checks. Mm-hmm. So it's like check ourselves for symptoms, take our temperatures, sure. all of that. Mm-hmm. But we had, like, two weeks of diction coachings, being able to coach our scenes online. Um, Mm. We had uh, guest speakers. We got to speak with Christine Gerke, uh, Denise Graves, Eric Owens, Ryan McKinney, Jamie Barton. The list goes on. Sure, that's awesome. Um, So it was really cool to, like, be able to pick the brains of of these artists of today. And, Mm -hmm. like, I loved it. Um, and you got to sing for Denise Graves in her masterclass. Oh my god, yes, I got to sing with Denise Graves' masterclass. Which I watched, it was amazing. It was phenomenal. <laughs> it was so good. Thank you. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. She, let me tell you, that woman is a queen. <laughs> and the red jumpsuit, I can't even speak, Jesus. <laughs> the red jumpsuit that she wore to this masterclass, I don't know if you guys saw Oh, it. I did, yes. But it was like it was she flowing. would like lift her arm, and it's this beautiful like silk drapery that would come up. Oh my god! 
And I like couldn't even, I was just like so fixated on her outfit because it looked so cute. I love but, that. <laughs> You're like, I need that. <laughs> but like once the quarantine ended, we um, got a tour of the facilities mm-hmm. and it was like one way in, one way out. Um, only a certain amount of people allowed in each room and there had to be like a 30 minute window between each session so it's like so you would have a coaching everyone had to leave the room for 30 minutes they would open all the doors and turn on the HVAC system to like uh, clear all the air out so I definitely felt very safe there Mm -hmm. but I also appreciate that we also had outdoor rehearsal spaces as well yeah. And so, like, when you weren't singing, like, you always had to have a mask on. Oh, wow. And so when you would sing, then you would pull your mask down and go for it. Mm-hmm. But it was, like, such an amazing experience, especially, like, the time that it really took for them to, like, make sure that they had everything right. Mm-hmm. And I'm so happy to say that we made it the whole six weeks and no one got COVID. <laughs> yeah, and you guys yeah. are about, you guys are two weeks out mm-hmm. from it. So yeah, yeah. and everyone's safe, which is mm-hmm. so look cool. at that. You guys did it. Yeah, they did a really, really great job securing, like creating the bubble, first of all, and securing it. So like in the hotel, we have the the top two floors mm-hmm. just so that we would know that we were it was only us and no other outside people there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's amazing I'm so glad you enjoyed it yeah oh check out our scenes program they're gonna be um, streaming them on YouTube at the end of September okay alright so that's the scenes program you can find that on uh, (laughs) youtube.com can you spell that (laughs) f-u-c-k-y-o-u did you hear me u-t-u-b-e dot com did you spell that right Uh, no (laughs) (laughs) definitely not (laughs) oh man so Brittany the title of this podcast is opera queers Mm -hmm. and so you know, as what? Excuse me? Opera Queers is the name of this I'm so sorry. That was stupid. I fucking hate myself. Usually I'm I so... Literally am so usually I'm, like, really good at, like, coming up with a good retort, but yeah. I was just... I... No, it was stupid. I was, take, I was taken aback by that. Oh, my God. Never Drew, mind. Drew, uh, Drew, can you please uh, cut this part out? H-Q-P-D. The part where Logan is being a buffoon. <laughs> Thank you. Tom Foolery. Yes, absolutely. Also, so, oh, wait, I'm sorry. Before oh, yeah, we move on, if, we're, like, if, he is, yeah. if, if, they're ed- if they are editing this part out, um, I am going to have to ask everyone sitting at this table to um, stop tapping on the table. I do it a lot, too, but it is registering. Oh, it here. is? Got it. Okay. Sorry. Just so everyone knows. Just so everyone knows. And I know that there's a, there's tension in the room now, and I created that tension, <laughs> and I am so sorry about that. No, there's no tension. Hold my earrings. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Go Lord. ahead, Nikki. But what were you gonna say? Anyway, <laughs> this, as I was saying, mm-hmm. this podcast is called Opera Queers. Yeah, and so I, I would like to know how you feel about how the opera world has treated you as a queer person how do you feel like being a queer person in this really conservative industry 
That's a really tough question. Sure. Mm. But thank you for asking. <laughs> <laughs> and your answer is going to be the only answer. So just know that you're speaking for the entire There is a wrong right answer. Now. <laughs> um, I will say, personally, when I go and do certain opera jobs, I don't disclose that I am part of the LGBTQIA plus community only because I there are some people out there that are not okay with it. Mm-hmm. And so I definitely don't disclose that. Um, but I will say, so far, my, the top two companies that have been so open and loving to everyone that comes through their doors are definitely Cincinnati Opera and Wolf Trap. Mm-hmm. They love their artists no matter who they are where they come from their races their sexual orientations and I definitely felt very lucky to be able to own who I am Mm -hmm. while working with them and it shows the care that they have for their artists but yeah I'm like (laughs) <laughs> that was no, beautiful. That was, that was great. great. No, no, no. Well, that was yeah. <laughs> it's no. It's it's a good thing to talk about because you know we kind of we feel like opera is kind of like a central, like it's an epicentral place of queerness. Like mm-hmm. a lot of people who are in this industry are queer. Mm-hmm. You know, and so we don't often realize just like the deeply rooted homophobia, transphobia, mm-hmm. um, that is within the, mm-hmm. the system. Yeah. And, and I think that's the most interesting part, honestly, because there are so many people that are in charge of things and they are members of the community, mm-hmm. yet there are still such like yeah. latent problems with the industry itself yeah. in accepting yeah. the community. Like it does, it, that doesn't yeah. like register. To, like it doesn't make any sense to me. Like how the things have not like yeah. changed how the guard hasn't changed it doesn't I wonder it. if I wonder if it's because these people are of a certain age where accepting the status quo was the only way there was no dismantling mm-hmm. very yeah true mm-hmm. the the system back in the yonder days mm-hmm. you know but we live in a different time now and I don't think people I think there are a lot of people in the opera in- industry who are not ready for just how serious, like, our generation is. Yeah. You know, with racism, mm-hmm. with homophobia, transphobia, you know, like, our generation really is out for blood. Yeah. Not in a bad, you know what I mean, but, like, but we like, really are trying to break things. Yeah, and I feel like it's up to us because we are the future of opera. We are mm-hmm. the future performers, the future, uh, future audience members. It's up to us to say the things that we want change and also to do something about it Mm -hmm. because if we want to see people that reflect us Mm -hmm. we have to be able to go to the people of people in power and not be afraid to speak up because like without us like there is no one else Mm -hmm. so yeah and i i think that i have even been victim of seeing like, knowing that I actually was, like, being not targeted or whatever, but there have been homophobic things, like, not outwardly said to me, but 
just in a way of like the characters that I portray mm. like mm-hmm. people have body shamed me and also have like shamed me for like my feminine qualities mm-hmm. when I'm playing specific roles mm. and but not in a way well the body shaming thing was like very like an opera director once told me like eat a sandwich oh, you know nice. and so like that like body shaming in opera is so yeah. fucking real it's un- it's it is and disgusting. people are so bold about it yeah. but you know it's funny though a mm-hmm. lot of people that body shame are people of a bigger stature yeah. so it's like how are you what going to body yeah. shame someone when you are not in that shape to do so right oh my god is that inappropriate to say I said what I said no she said what she said she said what she said absolutely you know yeah. it, it, it comes there with this generation it comes from a place mostly like that they want to see us do well but they don't realize that that rationale mm-hmm. is no longer valid anymore yeah. yeah no fucking way Right. And so, and like, like with homophobia stuff too, like I've been told to like walk differently and to hold myself differently, you know, because a man wouldn't portray, of that stature wouldn't portray himself mm-hmm. that way. Right. It's like, first of all, fuck you. I am a man. Mm-hmm. And this is how I, you know, this is how I walk. This is how I talk. This is how I like hold myself. Mm-hmm. And so we don't. We don't see humanity in mm-hmm. opera. Like, these people don't see the humanity in it. Mm-hmm. All they see is the profit, you know, selling tickets because they want to see a supermodel. Yeah. Whatever that means on stage. And yeah, but I will say, but also, like, a lot of the people running these opera companies are gay white men. Yeah. So they yeah. expect to see something. How do I say this? They put on stage what they see in their lives. Mm. So if they see a big beefy man that's gonna walk down the street, then that's what they want to see mm-hmm. on their stage. Yeah. Or they or they have these types of friends in their life, so they put people that they re- that resemble them onto the stage. Yeah. And I feel like that's another problem with operas because like there's such a lack of diversity in mm-hmm. some aspects. Most aspects. In, yes. <laughs> in many aspects. Um, and it's because, like, straight or gay white men only put on stage the life that they see. Mm-hmm. And their lives aren't really infiltrated with color. Mm. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. And, yeah. Yeah, and they put on stage the life that they want to see as well, in a way. Mm-hmm. You know? Like, they are... When you're, like, putting those people on stage are projecting a message into the audience mm-hmm. that is saying this is what is acceptable yeah. basically like you have to be a bear hunk if you want to be taken seriously in this group sure. you have to be a white man to sing and this role and it's like thing, not you know? all people are that way so it's like right. why can't we have feminine men on stage why right. can't we have trans men and women on stage mm-hmm. why can't we have black and asian men and women on stage right. like it makes no sense to me yeah but those are the like this is how much further we have to go as an industry and i feel like it's up to us as the young people to like yeah. really get our voices out there and speak up and yeah. like they a lot of people think just because we're young artists like we need to pay our dues and not say anything, but it's like, mm. if these types of things are allowed to continue to happen, 
then what's going to happen when it is our time? Mm-hmm. We're going to be telling the younger generations that come after us, like, oh, you have to pay your dues. This is just what happens. Right. Like, no, right. like, we are the ones that have to dismantle the system and build it back up again. Yeah, yeah. Do you mind if I ask you guys what you think that looks like for you? What, like, what do our you, ideal... Yeah, where, where do you think that can start? Or where do you think that ends up? Like, I, th- I th- Brittany, do you want to answer first? Because it's a hard question. I feel like yeah. I, I grapple with it. Like, oh, every day I'm, like, yeah. thinking to myself, like, I, well, we need to change it. And we are the generation that needs to, like, speak up and make the change. But where exactly does that start? I feel like it could start at both ends. Mm-hmm. It could start with top companies really working harder to bring in more people of color. Like, we're tired of seeing the same top ten singers at the Met. Oh my yeah. God, I see that. Um, <laughs> yes, I agree. <laughs> like, we yeah. should be able to... There are so many singers out there, so many talented singers of color, so many gay singers, so many singers within the community that deserve to have a chance on that stage. So if top houses can really learn to diversify their um, casting, mm-hmm. it starts there, but then it also starts in the schools. Yes. Like, I come from a place where I didn't know what opera was until I, like, took a voice class, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's, like, re- recruiting students from underprivileged communities and instilling music in them and showing them that music can be attainable for them. Yeah. And that will also help to diversify... Um, casting as well just because like I can go into a young artist program and there's like two of us Mm. and it's like but they call that diversity and Mm. like same like I CCM um I was I was definitely shocked at the lack of diversity that I saw when I first came here and I will honestly say I was actually shocked to know that there was three other black girls in my class Mm. you know so I feel like dismantling it starts with being able to speak up and being unafraid to do so just because of your status like it doesn't matter because the future lies with us Mm -hmm. but also like having these top conservatories go and recruit in lower income neighborhoods and bringing them into these schools and showing them that they can do it too yes absolutely yeah. I love that. <laughs> yeah. I was, first of all, I agree with all that. And I was just going to say, I, what looks ideal for me is, I mean, it kind of goes back to that whole idea of mob mentality hmm. where we don't, we don't want to say something and we don't, we, we might want to, but we don't act on our wants and needs Mm -hmm. because we feel like we're the only ones who want it you know Mm -hmm. even though it's it's clear that we're not the only ones who have these beliefs yeah but it's all about organizing our beliefs and our demands in a public way that can't be ignored yeah you know because it's easy for us to sit around and say i would love to see diversity 
well, if we, if we would love to see diversity, then we have to make everyone know that yeah. we want to see diversity. Mm-hmm. And, you know, because, like, our message is not going to get to the top unless it's, like, really put out there. Yeah. And so that's why I love, like, how... I change to me is like what we're seeing right now like all these companies being called out on their shit Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely and all the schools being called out on their shit as well yeah absolutely like let's make these pages Mm -hmm. let's like it's like let's do an expose on opera you know because once these people are called out we we send a message of what's going to be tolerated and what's not yeah Yeah. you know and uh, it's and so it you know, it kind of allows, like, those people who fall on the outside of what's right and moral, it allows them to kind of just, like, fall off. Yeah. yeah. Which is great. You know, it, it's going to take, take a while, but I think that we kind of realize that, you know, thoughts and prayers <laughs> are not going to cut it. Yeah. You yeah. know, it's like, it demands drastic... Um, yeah change and uh, action so and it's like not even just diversity in casting it's like diversity behind the scenes too like I've been in shows where the makeup person couldn't match my skin because I had never worked on a person of color before Mm. or they didn't know what to do with my hair oh my god! and it's like okay but if you had a person of color here yeah. They would know what to do, but also the double standard of having a black makeup artist or hair artist, like they have to learn both sides. They yeah. have to know uh, black hair, but they also have to know everyone else's hair too. Mm-hmm. But it's like, why isn't it the same for everyone else? Right. To have yeah. to learn that. Yeah. And so it got to a point where I was just doing my own hair and makeup because oh my God. I, they just didn't know what to do. But it's also diversifying the casting table. Mm-hmm. It's like if you literally have just five Caucasian people in a row, it's like they're going to see what they want to see. And if they don't see... Like, I've been told, like... I... Like, someone told me that I would never play Countess because I was black. And it's stuff oh, like yeah. that. Yes. It's wow. like, okay, you need to diversify the casting table. Right. Because like I said, when they're casting, they see the life that they see and they see the way that they want to portray it. And if there's no color in their life, there's not going to be no color on that stage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. So, yeah. Oh my gosh. That is so horrible. Wow. Well, you know, it, I'm really happy to see just like how mainstream these, you know, operas racist, orchestras are racist. Mm-hmm. You know, we have to, you know, we have to become privy of this knowledge, you know, because a lot of us sl- have, you know, sleep on this knowledge when it's like right there, there in front of our face, mm-hmm. you know, and so allowing ourselves, you know, to realize just how fucked up it is and to, you know, take a deep breath and say, we have the power to change this. Yeah. Is a really beautiful thing. Um, and, and I think it's also important to acknowledge that a lot of this started right after this resurgence, quote unquote, of mm-hmm. the black lives matter mm-hmm. movement and all of the protests 
um, yeah. for George Floyd and stuff. And people were like, well, how does this affect my industry? Because, I mean, you see it with, like, Broadway is racist mm-hmm. as well. And yeah. you see it with, you know, like, these random, like, acting theater companies are racist. And, yeah. You know, it's it, it just, like, having that and seeing everyone kind of, it, it trickled down into everyone's field. Yeah. yeah. And just really, like, going to the root of all of the issues is has been a very yeah. important thing to see. Yeah. I also think that we've seen examples of every conservatory yes, being absolutely. racist. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, um, recognizing that too. And, you know, I think of all of the voice faculties that I auditioned for, for all my grad schools, every, yeah, every single conservatory that I auditioned for had not one black person on faculty, on the boys' faculty. And so how do you expect, you know, our, our black friends to want to go and study at a place where they don't see people who look like them? Mm-hmm. That's, I can't imagine, like, how scary that is to take that leap into a high-pressure system where you feel like there's no one who can empathize with you. And also going into these conservatories where African American music isn't even touched in the curriculum. Right. Because it's a very whitewashed curriculum and it doesn't really matter to them. Yeah. Even in my undergrad I mean I had one one class world cultures top eye black man and that was my first black teacher in in a conservatory and so I feel like schools definitely have to do better at implementing other music styles than just the Mozart, the Beethoven the Strauss, like Mm -hmm. there's a lot more out there than just that Yeah. I, I even remember like at my undergrad like like the jazz faculty was completely whitewashed too Mm -hmm. and it's just like this is it's just complete appropriation you know at its finest or at its worst right you know it's it's so right there in your face but because of like what our society has given us to like look on as normal Mm. we you know it takes a time like this for us to really be able for us to be able to call it out Mm -hmm. and i mean it's a shame, but I'm super glad that at least, you know, we're able to do this now. Yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, like there are plenty of teachers, you know, who are old people on all these faculties. And it's like, what, are, what are these schools going to do? You know, let's see some diversity. Yeah. yeah. You know, we, it, it's, it's ridiculous. And so, Ooh. Wow. We went deep, y'all. We did. 3.0. Well, I don't want to take away from anything that we just said, but I would like to move on to our segment that we do with every guest. Yes. Um, Brittany, I would like you to tell, we would like you to tell us (laughs) and the listeners who your five baddest queens are in your opera coven. Okay, my opera coven. Y'all are not ready. <laughs> but there's also like some honorable mentions though. Please. Give us but, like, all of it. Okay. Yes. 
Supreme Queen. Okay. Ooh, people might fight me. Oh my god, I'm scared. Okay. Come for her in the comments. Come for me. <laughs> but I have receipts. Okay. Maria Maria Callas. Oh Supreme. my god. Supreme. Supreme. Yes. Stunning. Oh my Dana. god. Yes. Just I get lost in her recordings all the time just because the musicality in her voice was just so pristine. Oh. But then also Leotine Price. I know mm. she should have been supreme, but like Maria Callas. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes, absolutely. <laughs> Leontine can never go wrong. Heard. My idol, I actually have the honor of working with her and meeting her, uh, Janai Brugger. Oh, yeah. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful voice. Totally. So good. Yeah, another queen, uh, Denise Graves. Yes. Oh, uh, you have to go online and listen to her sing Ave Maria. It will change your life. Really? really. It oh really, God. really will. And then Tamara Wilson, CCM alum. Mm-hmm. Ugh. I listen to that girl sing, and I'm just like, my wig is gone because it's just, <laughs> it's just so, so good. good. It's so good. Oh, my God, yeah. That's uh, quite the coven. Can I, like, sh- shout out some honorable yes. mentions? Yes, yes, yes. Leah Hawkins. Oh, my God. That girl can oh, sing. Never heard I'm of obsessed okay. with her. you got to look her up. I'll look her up. Uh, Whitney Morrison. Okay. She is currently at Chicago Lyric in their Young Artist Program. Girl can Sing the house down. <laughs> um, I also another honorable mention, but she's like pretty up there. Pretty Yende. Oh yeah. I love her voice. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's my coven. That's I love that. Coven. That's a good coven. Oh my god, that's solid. I'm like, I don't know oh, if yeah. I'm invited to the coven, but. You will be. <laughs> oh yeah, you will yeah. Be. You're oh, actually yeah. Working. You can be your own if you want. <laughs> <laughs> and then my absolute favorite. Me. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, if you said yourself, I'd be like, yeah, sure. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I'm give it five years before I see me, but then me. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. And so, finally, who is your moment? Like, who's the moment in opera for you right now? We end every episode. Right now, ooh, I'd have to say Karen Slack. I don't know if you've ever heard her sing, but I. Oh. I think I I heard um, there was like a little video on the year that she auditioned for the Metropolitan Upper National Council auditions, and I remember I think she sang Depuis le Jour or something. Mm. She was amazing. Yeah, I have no idea. But There's also doing <laughs> yeah. on Opera America, I think singing like mm-hmm. Heidi. Yeah, she also uh, I be- yeah she was in Fire Shut Up in My Bones last year at OTSL, mm, which was. Cool. But I really appreciate all of the advocacy that she's currently mm. doing right now. Um, and you could see it all over social media, just uh, talking about racism within the industry. And I really appreciate her bravery mm. and being being so unafraid to speak up and seek change within our industry. Mm-hmm. So, but also... <laughs> She just posted today Tosca Tuesday. Check her out. I'm like Love shouting her. out everybody today. Is she singing <laughs> Tosca in the video? Mm-hmm. Oh my god, it's amazing. It's so good. So she is my moment right now. If you have a chance, check her out. She's phenomenal. I personally haven't met her. I like hope to one day, but yeah. she's my moment right now. I've I definitely listened to her. She's amazing. Nikki, who is your moment? My moment this right week? now? Oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, I think my moment is still... I, I'm still riding on Lisa Oropesa. You're still on that high? Yeah. Uh, cool. Shouting out the Richard Tucker Foundation. If I, you guys haven't seen that video, you need to bitch, watch it. Bitch, it's been done. Bitch, it's been done. I, I want to get that, like... I want a shirt. A, yes. A, <laughs> or, like, a sticker for the back of my car. Mm-hmm. Bitch, it's been done. That's How amazing. about yours? My, um... My Who Is The Moment is actually uh, dedicated to a group of people. I would like to Thank shout you. out... Thank you. It, no, it is. You, y'all are a part of it. I would like to shout out all of the students going back to school during this incredibly insane time yeah. and the faculty and staff at yeah, all of these right. universities. I would like to shout out all of the people who are respecting the guidelines mm-hmm. and actually trying to make things work during this time Mm -hmm. Um, and to all the people who are not respecting those you can stay home and uh, fuck off yeah basically yes anyways stay safe (laughs) and shout out to Gwen who was able to so we had our studio class yesterday in a big church Mm -hmm. and shout out to her she like made different entrances for people who were singing versus people who weren't she spaced us all out and she was able to give us like a semblance of a studio class and we were able to hear people live and it's so therapeutic and it was so yeah. needed. So it's, you know, there's a way to do all this safely. And mm-hmm. people are just like too lazy sometimes yeah. to figure out how to do it. Yes. <laughs> well, Brittany, thank Brit. you so much for oh, coming Thank you on for having me. This has been <laughs> so nice. Do us a favor and plug your social so everyone can listen to you um, and watch you. And You can follow me on Instagram at Brittany Olivia Logan. Mm-hmm. Um, the same name on Facebook and the same name on YouTube. Amazing. Perfection. You'll hear some gorgeous tones gorgeous. coming out of this girl's mouth. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> well, Britt, this has been so lovely. We love you so much. Thank, thank you for you. coming on our show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yes. Right. Thank you all for listening. Uh, we want to give a shout out to our um, the person who does our cover art, Clara Reeves, because we forgot to do it in the last episode. Oh, yes. Thank and, you, Clara. Um, Drew Dealman, who does all of our editing. Thank um, you, Drew. We yeah. love you all. We love you all. Have a great week. All right. If you enjoyed that episode of Opera Queers, be sure to check them out on Instagram. Their username is, one word, Opera Queers. You'll find more episodes there and keep up with them. If you end up heading that way, tell them Entertain This sent you. I hope you guys enjoyed this week's little bonus episode. We'll be back next week for something very special on Halloween, so I hope you'll join us. Remember that we produce new episodes every Friday. You can find us at entertain underscore this on Twitter or on Instagram. We are entertain this podcast. You follow the links on either one of those bios to get to our link tree. It'll take you anywhere you need to go to stream. I hope you all enjoyed. Until next time. See ya.